Hello and welcome to Additive Insight, your source for news, interviews and comment on the latest 3D printing and additive manufacturing intelligence brought to you by the TCT content team. I'm your host Laura Griffiths and on today's episode we're continuing our executive interview series with an interview with Frank Roberts, group president at 6K Additive. 6K Additive has developed a unique plasma technology that can turn virtually any scrap metal into materials for additive manufacturing. Its Unimel technology is the world's only microwave production scale plasma system and currently used to produce a number of metals including titanium, inconel and stainless steel, as well as refractory materials. Here Frank talks about the latest material developments, including those previously unachievable through traditional manufacturing, the ability to upcycle more than 3 million pounds of titanium per year, and scrapping the belief that AM is an inherently sustainable process. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And for more additive insight, head on over to tctmagazine.com. We can get your free print subscription to TCT and get the biggest 3D printing news story delivered straight to your inbox every week with our additive insight newsletter. Hello, Frank. Thanks for joining us on the additive insight podcast today. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. You are, of course, the group president at 6K Additive. For our listeners who may not already be familiar with who 6K Additive are, can you talk about why 6K Additive was founded and what you guys do? Absolutely. So 6K Additive was founded really with the the primary purpose of deploying the unique Unimelt Plasma technology uh, that we've that we've developed over the past approximately ten years, and and so the the goal was to deploy the technology specifically for the additive space, and and that is a a much more un, uh, a unique way and a much more sustainable way of producing spherical powders for additive manufacturing. So the Unimelt system, as you say, it's been developed over the last decade and now been specifically used for additive manufacturing. Without giving away too many of your secrets, can you tell us how it works? Sure. Um, so essentially, it's a, it's a much different way of producing plasma than, than traditional methods. Traditional methods typically rely on a DC power source. Uh, we, we utilize a, a, a microwave generator, so it is microwave-based plasma. And, and essentially, what you, what you get out of microwave-based plasma is a very stable, solid core uh, or solid you know, throughout the core of the plasma temperature. So there is no temperature gradient from one end of the, of the, plas- the ball of plasma to the other. And, and what that means is uh, you're able to then inject, uh, what, what we do is we inject irregularly shaped particles that, that have been pre- pre-sized, pre-selected uh, to go into the plasma and spheridize. So much different than, than traditional atom, you know, gas atomization or plasma atomization. So we're, we're using this technology to essentially change the shape, the morphology of a particle. So it can be highly irregular and, and we can correct that and do it in a very laminar way um, you know, with, without high pressure gases so that we ensure a, a particle that is you know, free of porosity, satellites, uh, it has great flow characteristics, things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's something very unique and, uh, and, and we're very proud of, of the capabilities of the tool. Mm-hmm. Something we're going to talk about um, a lot today is, of course, sustainability. And last year we had 6K on the cover of TCT talking about scrapping the belief that AM is inherently sustainable. And I understand that you want to break down this myth that scrap 3D printed metal can't be recycled. Why is that such a common misconception? 
So I, I think it's a misconception because uh, it, it really pertains specifically when you start to look at, at some of the unique alloys, uh, you know, uh, like titanium, say, for example, where you've got an alloy that, that wants to pick up oxygen. It's going to pick up oxygen every time it goes through the printer. And, and eventually, and in some cases, uh, without very many cycles on the powder, it, it becomes out of spec. And, you know, the industry typically looks at, that material, looks at that material as if it's scrap. And, and so there's really no home for that material. It, mm -hmm. uh, it will fall out of the, uh, out of the cycle uh, for the printer. And, and essentially, it, it really can't be remelted back into titanium. Uh, and, and so it, it's, it's a pretty common misconception that, it, that at that point it's trash and, and it, it needs to be disposed of landfilled. And, and what we're doing with our technology and and we're we've proven this uh to be very effective is we're able to take that that used titanium out of spec for whatever reason you know oxygen psd and we're able to put it through our process we're able to pull the oxygen back down to within spec uh we'll re-spheritize it in in the uh in the unimelt and and ultimately get back to prime premium product mm -hmm. so it is a uh it it, it's something that, that we've done pretty very successfully uh, across the board, not only with titanium, we're doing it on nickel-based alloys, we've done it on stainless steels, uh, copper is, is uh, one of the next alloys we're, we're focusing on and have, mm -hmm. have had great success at, at, at doing the same. So really, you know, the whole premise here is, is recycling uh, metals that, that maybe otherwise didn't have a home. And, mm -hmm. and we're, not only are we able to get them back in spec, but it's, it's actually a better product than it started out to be. Okay. And you've reported some really impressive numbers. I remember last time I spoke with the team at 6K, it was reported that you were capable of upcycling um, one million pounds worth of titanium powder per year at your facility. Is that still the case? Has that number increased? It, it, it's actually gone up. Yeah. So the, 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 the company before it became 6K Additive was, was upcycling uh, roughly about a million pounds of titanium a year uh, coming out of the aerospace industry and ultimately producing um, what we call our TIGEM product, and, and that is a product that is, is being upcycled and, and going to the aluminum industry as a grain mm -hmm. refiner. Uh, so we've, we've since uh, increased that capacity to over 3 million pounds a year, and, wow. and so we could do quite a bit more uh, here over the last year, year and a half uh, than we did previously, and, and we're continuing to increase that capability uh, throughout the next six months. Just a little bit more then. Mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> and I know you've announced a few partnerships with companies like Relativity Space, for example. Can you share with us any other companies who are perhaps using your technology and also the kinds of industries that they're coming from? Yeah, so I, I'm not sure I can a, exactly who I can share. You'll see some announcements coming out here in the next month, I would say, uh, of, of some some key partnerships uh, that, that we've uh, engaged in. Um, but, but it's really, you know, you'll, you'll see it's the who's who of, uh, of printing unique alloys, printing you know, highly technical alloys. And, and so there's some, some really special partnerships that we've started. Um, but, but really, the primary use kind of runs the gamut um, you know, from, from space exploration and, and to the aerospace, uh, you know, typical Inconels, TIE 64s mm -hmm. to, to the medical industry and some of the things that we're working on there with, with some unique alloys uh, that we're developing with some specific partners. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned it already, one of the key things about your technology is this ability to produce new additive materials. Can you give us any examples of how that might be opening up application scopes in the types of industries you've just mentioned? 
Sure. Yeah. So we you know, we talked. Uh, I think a lot. Uh, probably in the last uh, in, in the last year year plus uh, about you know our capabilities with high entropy alloys uh, mm-hmm. because we have some some very a, a very unique process and so we're able to mechanically alloy uh, particles together and and spheroidize and and because of the 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 technology and how we deploy it we're able to spheroidize you know much beyond the capability of traditional melt. So, so there's a lot of high entropy alloy work that we're, we're starting to embark on with specific customers uh, for aerospace uh, applications. Uh, there are some medical applications that uh, the titanium nitride is a great example of that, uh, you mm-hmm. know, a product that, that not otherwise, you know, otherwise couldn't be made traditionally. And we've been very successful at, at making a product uh, that, that has, a, I think, a, a re- really good home in the medical industry. So just, just to name a, a few that we've been working on here lately. Today's episode is sponsored by Evolve Additive. I spoke to Director of Business Development, James Grimm, about their unique STEP technology. STEP technology has just hit the commercial market and it is something completely different. So what it stands for is Selective Thermoplastic Electrophotographic process. What this really is, is a, uh, a three-step process. Think of like industrial uh, high volume 2D printing. And so what we've done is adapted that existing technology that's really proven and reliable from a great manufacturer, Kodak. And so we leverage their 2D printing and we create toners out of polymers, right? So thermoplastics. And once we've tonerized the thermoplastics, we can then use that printing technology and image thermoplastics in a similar way that that they were imaging ink toners onto paper, right? Through a really high-tech 3D printing process, uh, we can align those plastic images on top of one another. They get fused together under heat and pressure which is very similar to what's going on in an, in an injection molding machine. And so the net result is a very, very high resolution, very, very high detail, and a surface quality that is very similar to injection molding. And so what this allows us to do is really kind of poke into where injection molding currently has been uh, fulfilling manufacturing and with parts. And we, we are able to do this now with additive manufacturing and, and cut into what we kind of call our, our, our five pillars uh, of where our company stands on, right? And we want to deliver additive manufacturing that meets customers' needs for cost, a wide variety of materials, so real thermoplastic materials. We need to deliver parts that are of utmost quality, so it's very, you know, identical or better than injection molding quality and at a speed to meet high throughput. And we want it to be scalable, right? Our technology can grow and it's versatile, it really kind of breaks away from maybe a lot of the limitations of, of traditional injection molding. As we look towards AM for production, there's a lot of interest around the idea of the factory of the future. What's Evolve's take on how AM fits into that vision? The factory of the future is something that we really live and breathe every day at Evolve, right? Uh, Automated unloading and loading of our parts is built right into the machine. So no, no more trying to create some sort of crazy robotic arm integration. It's pretty straightforward with ours. 
And so we've designed the machine to work in, in a factory setting right from the ground up. We've already built what we call Evolve factory software. And this allows you to really tap into all the data that is collected during the build process of our machine and leverage that for things like you know, ERP systems or MES systems and really sort of integrate this machine in an automated fashion into your own uh, production scheduling, ordering, fulfillment. It's really designed right, from, right out of the gate to be vi play very friendly with all of these fantastic automation tools and AI tools and big data tools that are coming our way. And another trend that we're really seeing right now is conversations around the role of additive manufacturing on supply chain. Where does Evolve fit into that conversation? Product producers are looking at how do they manufacture closer to the point of purchase. So you can start doing things like part rev control at a central headquarters and you, know, you can print parts at high volume and high mix at specific sites around the world. And so rather than calling up your contract manufacturer, having them pull a, pull a tool off of a shelf and prep it for molding, this is just send the data to your SVP machine that's sitting at your, at your manufacturing facility and pressing print. For more information, visit evolveadditive.com. And it certainly feels like the right time to be talking about this technology because I feel like many in the industry have come to the conclusion now that um, the progression of AM is all about the materials and you know the, the new material capabilities that you can achieve. And you seem to be really spearheading that. Yeah, we're we're really focused on on some of the new materials. It, I, I, one of the ones that that's been very successful for us is is the uh, the tungsten, the refractory. Mm -hmm. uh, materials. So that's been a huge focus you know, over the last 12 months for us and, and working with a couple of key partnerships. You'll see some announcements coming out here probably uh, in, in the next couple weeks mm -hmm. uh, on what we're focusing on, you know, tungsten, tungsten rhenium type alloys, uh, some tantalum, um, but, but really focusing on spearheading and, and changing how people think about materials, you know, things that they weren't, they couldn't otherwise get through traditional manufacturing. We're really starting to open up the, the design space on you know, unique materials. And I know you touched very briefly on developments in copper. So is, is that the next material that you're mainly working on at the moment? There's really two that are kind of the next, uh, the next phase. And, and so the, the, the refractories are, are kind of one subset, uh, tungsten primarily here to start, but, but others will be kind of working in and, and coppers uh, are, are kind of starting to really gain momentum in, in our uh, design uh, space. Yeah, and copper seems to be gaining momentum just in the AM industry in general now. Are, are you seeing a real pull, I think mainly from, I guess, industries like aerospace for that type of material? We are, we are. So, you know, anything from, you know, the, the kind of traditional copper alloys and, and, and some alloys that, that maybe, I would say, aren't too friendly to, to mm -hmm. do traditional gas atomization. Um, we're, we're seeing some pull and, and we've got some customers that are really uh, pushing to, to get some of those products through our process. Uh, and, and then you have the unique ones that, you know, say GR Cop, for example, uh, mm -hmm. a lot of pull here lately for, for that material and, and the aerospace application. Okay. So what does 6K's facility look like then? Do you have 3D printers on site so you can test these new materials or, or do you work with customers to get these materials tested? Yeah, so no printers on site yet. Uh, we're, mm -hmm. we're working with uh, specific customers uh, that, that 
that we're, we're you know, it's kind of a range of, we'll work with them specifically on design uh, of, of a particular product, or we'll work with key customers in terms of, you know, for, for even the general 718, 625, TIE 64, where, where we're putting product through the reactors and, and sending them out for print and validation and, and head-to-head -head comparison testing. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, we run the gambit that way. Mm -hmm. I do want to talk a bit more about sustainability because we are heading into the sustainability issue of TCT, which of course 6K will be featured in. There's a sort of sense in the industry that there's some greenwashing that goes on when we talk about additive manufacturing technology because of its benefits around less material usage, distributed manufacturing, etc. It can appear to be a more sustainable process. What is the reality, though? How sustainable is additive manufacturing at the minute compared to, say, more traditional manufacturing processes? I would say uh, it depends. Uh, you know, when you talk about stainless and nickel, for example, I think it's it's not terrible. I think the yields are are much better than they have been. When you get into things like titanium and aluminum, I think then you start to expose some weakness in the system, and and really that's that's our primary focus is how do we eliminate that? Um, so it's, you know, it's, as I hit on earlier, uh, when you look at the material, titanium in particular, uh, it's picking up oxygen and, and then it, once it's out of spec, it has no home. Um, and, and so that's just one facet of, I would say, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the problem. The, the other is the, the, what, what is termed as condensate uh, in, in the machines. And so that's collected separately you know, and, and, and then typically just disposed of, uh, no, no current, current home. Um, and so what we're, we're very aggressively working with a couple of key customers to develop a solve for that product in particular. We, we have a solve ready to go for titanium con condensate. Uh, the issue is, is how they handle the material um, because they're, they're looking to do things to passivate and inert, which then essentially renders the material useless. And it, at that point, it only has one home. And that is to go to a landfill. Uh, we want to we want to rectify that. We want to get that material into a product. And so, you know, our goal is to approach customers, uh, the you know, large print shops, small print shops, with a more holistic view of how they're handling everything. So, obviously, our core focus is premium product first. So, and and then right behind that, on the heels of that, is is the sustainability and how can we help them manage that entire supply chain, you know, and, and really look to close loop it. So it's, you know, what types of scraps are you generating? Is it you, if it's used powder, it's going to come into our system and go through one process to then most likely be upcycled and turned into a premium powder again. But, but we have solutions for things like condensate, uh, where we can funnel that over to, you know, what we call our alloys division, the, the, the product that's, that's, you know, essentially turning a powder into a grain refiner for aluminum. So we have a solve for a lot of these problems that we're going to work to deploy here throughout the second half of this year. And even though additive manufacturing has been around for three decades, we still think of it as a fairly new industry when you compare it to other types of manufacturing processes. Because we do have that sort of newness about us, do you think that we've got a better opportunity to take on the challenge of sustainability if we start implementing things like this now? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I really do. And I, I think you, know, you can really see the momentum building and, and the core focus of the, the entire additive industry. You know, mm -hmm. sustainability, it really means something to the industry. And I see a lot of effort now going in, you know, and, it, and it's across the board. It's, it's, 
every facet of who we're dealing with is really starting to ask these key questions. And so it, it's critical that we keep the momentum, that we develop you know, best practices to, to make sure that we're upcycling all the material that we can. And, and if it can't be upcycled and go back into the industry, that mm-hmm. there's a good home that it's upcycled and, and going into another industry as, as an alloy addition, for example. But this is, this is the time where we need to make sure we keep the momentum and, and keep the messaging strong and, and really make sure we focus on proper solutions for, for where these byproducts are going. Mm-hmm. And you joined the Additive Manufacturer Green Trade Association earlier this year. I'm sure that only helps with that. As you say, you can look to industry and you know point the right questions to the, to the right places and kind of share that um, responsibility, really. Yeah, absolutely. So that's been really beneficial for us and just helping you know, us understand the problem as well. So, you know, we're really, we're, we're really focused on the material side. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of what, what the industry is seeing, you know, they're, they're not really communicating. So as I mentioned, you know, we're premium powder first, and, and that's the core focus is, is making sure we're bringing to market the, the best powder in the industry. And so there's a lot of issues that, that the additive side, you know, the, the folks that are out there printing uh, that, that they're dealing with and, and, they're they're not able to share and so that that group has helped close some of that gap and and put us in direct contact uh, so that we can truly understand the the problems and and help work towards proper solutions Sustainability is, of course, a massive conversation in additive manufacturing, but another one is this idea of getting additive manufacturing into production environments and getting into true manufacturing. Where does 6K fit into that ongoing conversation? That's really the, the core of 6K additive. Is, that's, what, that's really the purpose. That's, that's the fundamental reason 6K additive was created, was production. Uh, so you know, six, we have 6K Inc., and they're they're the developers of the Unimel Plasma system, and and so they're really enhancing the technology to deploy it not only in the additive world but in the battery space and 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 soon other areas. Um, additive 6K Additive was really founded to, to focus primarily on production. So you know, we have two systems that have been fully commissioned now in in our Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania facility, and so those systems are up and running. Ultimately, they'll have roughly 100 metric tons of capacity each. We have two additional systems that are being built right now, and ideally will be coming on here late in Q4. And we're just starting an expansion of the facility to add six more reactor bays. So we've got more systems scheduled for uh, throughout 2022. So it's really all about production and scale. That's, that's the core focus of 6K Additive. And that leads in quite nicely to my last question for you then, which is about the future of 6K. You've just mentioned expanding your capabilities and we've talked about some new materials. What's next for 6K over the next few months then, I guess, going into next year? Yeah, so it's it's continuing to scale. So as I mentioned, we have our two reactors up and we're now starting the ramp. We're engaging the marketplace. So we're starting to get nickel-based products to market. Uh, stainless is, is, is deployed uh, we've got uh, titanium now coming to market. Uh, we're offering tungsten tungsten products. Uh, there'll be some other refractories that are going to follow quickly behind tungsten. So that those products that ramp will continue, and and really will be focused on getting two additional reactors up and running and and scaled, so that you know, roughly we have between three and four hundred tons a year of capacity, and and looking to really start to set the stage for the additional reactors we're, we're working to, 
to, to put online at some point in 2022.